0: This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent his own son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The second reading from John's Revelation, chapter 22. Ultimate and eternal deliverance are coming for those who who are in Christ Jesus. These words will serve also as the basis for today's sermon. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written In this scroll, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, Don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets, and with all who keep the words of this scroll. Worship God. Then he told me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this scroll, because the time is near. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right. And let the holy person continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last, the beginning and the end. George and Susie were thinking. They were thinking and talking back and forth because they... Were about to make a pretty big decision. They were thinking about purchasing a home. They had gone on the walk through with the realtor and they liked what they saw. It was in their price range. They just had to narrow down the price that they would offer, but they felt like they needed just a little bit more information. And so after the realtor locked up and drove away, George and Susie went walking through the neighborhood. They wanted to get a lay of the land. They wanted to get a feel for what it would be like to live in that neighborhood. They hoped maybe even they might bump into a neighbor or two so that they could ask a few questions. And that's exactly what happened. Would you mind if we asked you a few questions about this neighborhood? We are thinking about purchasing a home nearby and of course the friendly neighbor responded are there a lot of kids in the neighborhood we have several kids and are wondering if they'll fit in here if they'll be able to make friends we we see the elementary school nearby do you know anything about the school how long does it take to get to the expressway from here We notice there's an airport not too far. Can you hear the planes as they fly overhead? Are are, are they loud? Is it a distraction? George and Susie were smart. Rather than being taken by surprise a month into home ownership, they thought that they should consider those points and ask those questions before. They understood that it's pretty hard to undo a home purchase, and that's a decision that you have to live with for quite a few years, and they didn't want to be surprised by anything. Can you imagine what it must have been like for the people who are newly residents of Orchard Park, New York? I hope they weren't taken by surprise at the events that happened this week. I hope they understood, at least in part, at least in some semblance, what they were to expect. If not, can you imagine the surprise when they opened their door and saw not a porch or a driveway, but a wall of snow? Over the last three days, 77 inches of snow has fallen on Orchard Park, New York. That's six foot five inches of snow. I'm not a short person, and I would need a couple of rungs on the ladder to be able to see over a blanket of snow that deep. Can you imagine the person who wasn't prepared, who didn't know that that was just a fact of life, living in western New York? I did see a picture of some who were embracing it. They had opened their door and you could see the imprint of the front door on the wall of snow. They decided to make it their own personal vending machine and they popped the beverages of their choice into various places in the snow. And now, while they're locked in, while they wait for the roads to be cleared off, they can just open the door and enjoy a cold beverage. Certainly they knew what it meant to live there. And we're making the most of it. In our second reading, John appears. John has a vision. Jesus appears to John. It's the last chapter of the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22. Jesus appears to John and gives him a vision of what it will be like for him and and for the church living in the last days. It's in the very first verse of the book of Revelation that we hear the what and the why of the entire book. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John. Did you catch it? Jesus passed all those visions along. He passed them to John and through John so that we would know what must soon take place. And so he wrote. He wrote his letters to the churches. He wrote his visions of bulls and beasts, of scrolls and seals. He wrote of Satan's unsuccessful attempt to devour Jesus and his church. He wrote his prediction of what the world would be like as the end of days approached. Yet John wrote primarily and purposefully for this one reason, he wrote to announce and to declare the victory that Jesus Christ had won, a victory that now has been made ours through faith. John wrote of the paradise restored. He wrote his vision of heaven and what our future will be like. Glory beyond our understanding. Dr. Huebner shared with us those comforting words in his sermon preached from this pulpit two weeks ago. That sermon was based on Revelation 22, verses 1 through 5. We pick up today with verse 6. The angel said to me, to John, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord God, who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. John concludes his book in the same way he begins it, announcing that these words are written, these things are written so that we might know what's going to take place, so that we won't be taken by surprise with life in these last days. He didn't want the trials or hardships of the world to surprise us like an unexpected snowstorm. And so he told us what it is that we should expect. These words are trustworthy and true. Four times in the book of Revelation, John uses that phrase, trustworthy and true. Two times it's to talk about the Word of God. Two times it's to talk about Jesus himself. And so just by using that phrase, just by putting those words down on the scroll, John is carrying out one of his favorite lessons to teach. That God's message of love and the messenger of love, the one who personified and fulfilled it, Jesus Christ our Lord, they are inseparable. John begins his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then a few verses later he clarifies the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. John's first epistle begins this way that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. And in the second verse of the book of Revelation, John's at it again. We're told that John testifies to everything he saw, that that is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. John's words are clear. Jesus' words comforting, yet we manage to screw it up. We allow doubt to creep into our minds. Even though we know, we know tucked back in there that Jesus' words are trustworthy and true, the way that we end up leading our own lives is trusting after our own instincts. Trusting more than our God the way that we think the world should go, the way that we think our lives should be, and when it isn't the way that we would write it, then we begin to doubt, is God really there? Does He really care? We allow our hearts to be filled with fear when we look at a world that seems to be growing worse and worse, less and less loving. It's harder and harder to live as openly as a Christian. It's easy to grow frightened. We focus our attention on the negative, the things that are hard, instead of recognizing the the wealth of the goodness of our God. Like an eclipse, our trials gain our focus to the point where it passes and blocks our view of the sun. But the sun still shines into our difficult lives and our dark hearts. The sun shines. It shines with a trustworthy and true message of sins forgiven. Our Savior Jesus shines with a message of undeserved love that he has shown love to sinners like you and like me. That he has kept God's law in our place because he knew he couldn't. Jesus shines with the news that he is our substitute and savior, Christ Jesus, for the punishment that should have been yours and the suffering that should have been mine. He was willing to do it so that we could be made whole. Jesus shed his blood so that we could be healed. Jesus laid down his life so that we could live. Jesus paid the price that only He could pay the holy, precious blood of the Son of God, and it's only therein that we are washed clean of our sins. Jesus paid the price by laying down in the dust of death, but on the third day He rose up again to declare to us His power over death. His power that He now gives to us. Death can't hold us any longer. It's powerless to destroy us. Now we can live. A real and meaningful life here on earth and an everlasting life with Jesus in glory. Just like Jesus interjects into the conversation that John and the angel were having, so Jesus interjects himself into our lives as well so that we wouldn't miss it. He does it twice. Look, I am coming soon. The trials and tragedies, the disruptions and distortions, the sorrows and the sufferings, they are temporary because Jesus is coming soon. The pressures and pains of life in a sin-filled world, they will pass away, but the Word of God will never pass away. Our Savior's love for us will never pass away. His promises, they are faithful and true. They pale. The the worst that this world has to offer, it pales in the face of the trustworthy and true promise that Jesus makes. Look, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me. Jesus is coming to make all things new. Jesus is coming to wipe every tear from our eyes. He comes to offer us his protection and his care. He comes with his promise of resurrection and perfection. He comes with the assurance of eternal healing and hope. We will spend an eternity with Jesus, thanking God for his love for us, singing his praises that he has seen fit to welcome us into his family, forever rejoicing in who our God is, What he's done for us. Jesus connects himself further to the book of Revelation and and then, by extension, the entire scriptures in the way that he describes himself. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Jesus is the eternal Son of God. He exists beyond us and without us. He was there at the creation of the world, and he will be there when the creation is made new. He created the heavens and the earth, and he'll be there to create the new heavens and the new earth. He is there for your beginning and mine. He was there to see our first breath, and he'll be there when we breathe our last. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. He was there when faith was created in our hearts through the gospel and word and sacrament. And he'll be there and us with him forever in heaven as we sing out the result of that faith a never ending life with Jesus. Jesus is the be all and end all of Holy Scriptures. He was there in Genesis chapter 1. He's there in Revelation chapter 22. And he appears in every chapter. In between, Jesus is our all in all. He's our everything. Our Savior Jesus is trustworthy and true. That means that every promise he's ever spoken, it comes true for us. It's a promise that we can take to the bank. Jesus promises to never leave us or forsake us. He promises that everything, everything will work for the good of those we love Him. With Jesus in our lives and with His Spirit in our hearts, we are never alone, not even close. Jesus knows our pains and He sympathizes with them, but even better than that, He knows what to do. He knows whether it's best to make us strong to endure that hardship and pain or whether it's best in His timing and in His way to make that pain go away. Jesus knows our needs even before, even better than we know them. And he opens his bounteous hands of blessing to provide. Jesus' love is as faithful as he is. It will always be there and no one can take it away. He is strong when we are weak. He fights for us, with us. He's given us everything that we need to live life in this world, and even better than that, He has given us, in fact, provided for us everything that we need to live with Him in the next world. We are children of God because of His grace. We have peace with Him because of the payment, full payment that Jesus made. We are heirs of everlasting life because of the riches of His love. My friends, we are living in the end times. There's going to be hardships and trials and persecutions. The world at times can look downright scary. But, my friends, don't become discouraged. Don't lose hope. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming to take us from this veil of tears to Himself. In glory. Jesus is coming to rescue us from this present evil age. He's coming to gather together those that He has chosen and to usher us to endless days with Him in glory. And because we know that that is our future, that has a profound impact on our present, we can live our lives in joy. Even when life is hard. Even when it hurts a lot. Even when the burden is greater than what we can bear, we can rejoice. Even in those difficult times, we can rejoice because we know that our present sufferings aren't even worth comparing with the glory that is in store for us. We can rejoice because we know that we have a Savior at our side and that He loves us and that He will stop at nothing to make us His forever. Jesus is our rock and our Redeemer. He is our resurrection and our life. He is our hope, our joy, our everything. Jesus is for us the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is our firm foundation and our unshakable truth. That means that we have what no one else has. In Jesus, we have joy from beginning to end. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, Please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.